All right. I was I was thinking about this this morning about how the 90s really really was the transition decade towards direct access because the beginning of the 90s while we had while we had cell phones they were you know they were the brick bag phone right yeah uh, during the 90s that really transitioned to you know the phone that you could actually fit in your pocket versus the phone that you could like fit in your car um, uh, we also in the 90s that was the decade we got the internet the decade that that PCs went from a luxury to just commonality. I remember in middle school, my best friend uh, uh, in, in middle school, they, they got the personal computer and installed on the personal computer was a little program called AOL. AOL, and uh, so excited, like, you know, and we would, we would like dial it up just to hear that noise that to us now sounds like, fingernails on chalkboard, right? Um, I would mimic that, but I'm not going to. Uh, I have a mic on, and that would just be bad. Uh, and so that was, that was the decade of direct, uh, direct access, where everything switched, and now everybody's got direct access to everybody, right? It seems like because we carry our phones, and really a mini computer, a personal computer now, in our pants. You know, I've got a computer in my pants now with a smartphone. <laughs> Jack, stay away from that. Stay away from that. Yeah. Yeah. Because we, we, we are a people that like direct access. We like direct access. Paul, you shared a perfect story, you probably didn't intend to, of direct access. You got to go to a place that very few people have ever gotten to go and, and, and hold something that very few people ever got to hold for a brief time period. And uh, uh, I, 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 get to, I get to referee my third professional game. It's like, it would be like doing a Springfield Cardinals uh, game for in the soccer world this week and one of the coolest things about this is are the are the kids that walk out with the players and getting to see those those kids as we come out and get ready for the walkout that they are just so enamored by the players and even the referees they don't know better yet uh, uh, but 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 they're enamored by the referees but it doesn't last long about four to five thousand people remind us who we are when we get out there uh, but uh, the, the reason is is because we've got direct access to a spot they're not used to getting. And they're giddy for that. And there's something cool about being able to go down the tunnel and having kids reach their hand out to, to give you five because you've got access that they don't have. I hope everybody here this morning has asked, asked this question at some point in time in your life. Do I have direct access to God? Do I have direct access to God? Even if you might struggle with the concept of God, I hope you've asked that question. I'm pretty excited for the next couple of weeks, kind of over and above uh, 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 normal weeks, because these next two weeks, we're going to kind of do some myth-busting as well. Uh, one of the things behind this series is kind of myth-bust some of the Old Testament thoughts, because we think about Moses and the Old Testament priests and think that they were the only ones God allowed to have direct access to him, but that is a myth. God invited the entire nation of Israel to have direct access access to him. 
And now we still perpetuate this thousands of years later. I, years later, I experience this quite often. It's that awkward moment when you're at a dinner or a lunch and the host realizes you're a pastor. And they go, oh, in, the, in their mind, I just imagine them, this is what they're thinking. We have to pray now because we have a pastor here. And then their next thought is, I can't because we have a pastor here. As if I have a better direct access to God than that person does. It's called the man of God syndrome. He's a man of God. Now, most of you know better when it comes to me and that phrase. Right? Yeah, Paul. <laughs> yeah. But can we all have direct access to God. We're taking a look at Exodus 19 um, and seeing that God invited all of Israel to have direct access with him. And they're at the mountain of God, which is where Moses, uh, a few years before, I guess, uh, it was a few years or a year before, whenever it was, had the burning bush experience, and he got the chance to have direct access to God. Now, on the same mountain, God is going to invite the entire nation to have the same access that Moses has, or has with God. But before he gives them this access, God gives Moses his vision for his people. That he wants them to know these six things before they experience this direct access. Because if they don't get these six things, they will misinterpret what's going to happen next. Exodus 19 verse 4. You have seen what I did to the Egyptians. The first thing, the first thing that he wants them to know, the first vision that he has is freedom. Is freedom. You saw what I did to the Egyptians. I came in from mowing this week, and, and, and Nicole and Noah, our third, was playing a uh, battleship. And I came in, I was, look, was looking at what, how it all was going and stuff, and she, she goes, I don't think he gets the concept. Because uh, he had sunk three, and she had sunk one. And uh, I was looking over the boards, and lo and behold, there are a couple of misses that were actually hits and you know she kind of went away from that uh that that area and stuff so he ended up winning he didn't cheat on purpose that would be josiah uh uh he ended up winning and when he did win when he did win he goes boom shakalaka we were like what was that like We've got some sort of gangster problem in our kindergarten price elementary school. Like, I think Denny needs to look into this. Like, I don't know what's going on here. But this is God going, hey, 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 you saw what I did to the Egyptians. Boom, shakalaka. I freed you. And his vision for his people is freedom. I envision Christ dying, coming out of the grave and going, boom, shakalaka. Take that. Because he earned freedom by coming out of the uh, grave for us. God's vision for his people is freedom. You know how I carried you on eagle's wings and brought you to, to, my, to myself. This sounds like presence and provision, right? You, I brought you to myself. His vision for his people is pr his presence being with them. And that he gives provision to his people. 
See, whenever they came to difficulty, the Red Sea, or, or not having food and water in the desert, God didn't take them literally up on the eagle's wings, but spiritually, that's what it was like. They still walked through it, but we see in the story how he rose them above that situation because of his provision. Now, if you will obey me and keep my covenant, his vision for his people is hearing and following. No, 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 no. He wants you to know before you hear and follow freedom, provision, and presence before you ever hear and follow. But part of his vision is hearing and following. And if you hear and follow, you will be my own special treasure or, or, or treasured possession from among all the peoples of the earth, for all the earth belongs to me. Vision for his people is, is to be a treasured possession that he keeps them under lock and key. And maybe, maybe in your mind, maybe in your mind, treasured possession takes you back to the Martian on Looney Tunes. And I will love him, and I will stroke him, and I will name him George. Anybody? Anybody? No? No? Yeah? 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 Okay. Abominable snowman. My, my, my bad. My bad. But I thought, I thought he grabbed the Martian at one point in time. And, and did that to him. But Looney Tunes. Some creepy God with a special treasure. No, 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 no. Think apple of my eye as he called his people in Zechariah. That God sees us as a, as a special, special treasure to him. And you will be my kingdom of priests. Priest is the one that had direct access to God. And he's, he's wanting his entire nation, his entire kingdom to know, you will have direct access to me. I will allow you to have direct access to me, my holy nation. I'm going to set you apart for a specific purpose. And that purpose was to bless all nations like he told Abraham he was going to do through his nation. God's vision for his people, God's vision for his people is freedom. Presence, provision, special treasure, direct access, a, a priesthood, hearing and following, and to be set aside for a specific purpose. And his vision for his people is the same today. We see in Revelation 7, which, which Revelation 7 is actually talking about now. And really what Revelation is about is about how God right here and right now is protecting his special treasure. That's what all of Revelation is about. But in ver or chapter 7, verse 15, see if you hear these same visions coming out in these verses. This is why they stand in front of God's throne and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will give them shelter. They will never again be hungry or thirsty. They will never be scorched by the heat of the sun. For the lamb on the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to the springs of life-giving water. And God will wipe every tear from their eyes. This sounds very similar to what he told Moses. And these same concepts are coming out in Revelation as what, he, what, what God told Moses on that mountain that he, wanted, that he had for his people, the vision that he had for his people. 
But maybe some of you are asking, okay, that's great that I can have access to God. But the next logical question after that is, how? How do I get access to Him? Anticipating that the people would ask that question, we have Exodus 19, 10 and 11. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down and prepare the people for my arrival. Consecrate them today and tomorrow and have them wash their clothing. Be sure they are ready on the third day, for on that day the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai as all the people watch. How do we get ready? How do we prepare? How do we get direct access to God? Wash our clothes. Wash our clothes. Now, an image of, 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 of fresh laundry maybe takes you back to, to the days of maybe your parents putting out fresh laundry on the clothesline. And, and, and maybe it's even emotional uh, for, for you because that, 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 that breeze that you feel, spring or summer breeze and the, 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 the smell of fresh laundry and those memories. As I said, I, I, I mowed this this week, and you know, I pride myself of having the best grass in their in, in, our, in our neighborhood. And I've kind of let my grass grow uh, go this 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 summer, and uh, lots of weeds and, and everything. So I had a lot of work to do this uh, this this past Wednesday, and, and so uh, um, uh, we had uh, dinner in the middle of, of of all this. And so I mowed, and then I was going to go back out and do some more stuff. And, and I came in, and uh, at, at dinner it came up that that that, that I stinketh. Uh, Nicole was very clear about that, uh, and and I was like, no, I just smell like man. Arr. She's like, no, you just smell. Um, and 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 what she was saying is, you need fresh clothes and you need a shower. And after you get dirty, after after you're dirty and you stink, there's nothing like a fresh shower and a fresh set of, set of clothes, right? And here God is telling His people, wash your clothes now. We all know that this physical, this physical act, God is intending as a spiritual lesson. But religious people take this spiritual lesson and make it be a, a physical act. This is what Jesus was coming against when he said, you all are caring about washing your hands. They thought that washing their hands made them more spiritual. And it all really has ties to right here. Jesus is like, that's not what we were getting at here. This is a physical act that's getting at a spiritual reality of us saying, I cannot be clean on my own. To have direct access to you, I cannot get there on my own. I have got to have you intervene in my life in order to get there. You've got to cleanse me. And close throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, was seen as a metaphor for righteousness and unrighteousness. We see, we read 17, uh, 7, 15 through 17. Revelation 7, 14 says this. And I said to him, sir, you're the only one that knows. And he said to me, these are the ones who died in the great tribulation. They have washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb and made them white. Tying this all together with what we just read in Exodus. Adding one perspective, right? The perspective of the cross. This metaphor is supposed to be jolting. Wait a minute. I take my clothes, I dip them in blood, and they're going to come out white? Mothers? When your clothes, kids' clothes, come back bloody, do you go dip them in more blood to get them clean? 
No. That's the purpose of this, of this metaphor of going, I'm dirty. But I'm going to take my clothes and I'm going to wash them in the blood of the Lamb that was shed for me and my sin. And the white represents purity. They're going to come out completely pure. And if you want direct access to God, you have to wash your clothes. Wash your spiritual clothes in the blood of the Lamb. And He will allow you to do that right now. You don't have to wait for an invitation. You can ask Him to do that right now. But maybe you're saying, okay, this direct access stuff is great. That's awesome. Love that idea, but how do I gain direct access daily? Priesthood of, of the believer is a great theology, but if we do not apply the theology it has no bearing in our life. So we come to the end of chapter 19 and usually we stop, but chapter 20 in Exodus is actually the continuation of 19. And he starts off in Exodus 20 giving the Ten Commandments. Now, when we envision God giving the Ten Commandments, we envision God giving Charlton Heston the Ten Commandments. And he coming down and presenting the Ten Commandments to the people. However, that's not how God did it. God told all of Israel the Ten Commandments at one time, giving them direct access to Him. And keep in mind, keep in mind, He gave His people the Ten Commandments. He has already taught them how to be clean spiritually. The Ten Commandments is not about being clean spiritually. He is not utilizing ten, the Ten Commandments to teach His people, this is how you get clean spiritually. The Ten Commandments is about how to live in freedom in the direct access that we have, in the personal relationship that we have with Him. And really, I've heard a lot of stuff recently on this, that really the Ten Commandments really... Commandments is probably a, not the way to even look at it. It's really the Ten Blessings of Freedom. He's already been teaching His people the Ten Blessings of Freedom that they can have with a direct relationship with Him. And now, as a good leader, He's just systemizing it. Writing down what He once repeated. And so where does He start off? Don't put any other God before me. This is another boom shakalaka statement. I just defeated the one person who is viewed as the top God on all this earth, Pharaoh. There is no other God on top of me, so do not put any other God before me and you'll live in freedom. Don't make an idol. Look, wood, stone, metal, great stuff. I created it. I'd know. But if you worship the creation... You're going to live in slavery. But if you worship the Creator, you're going to live in freedom. And you'll find the blessing of freedom. Don't take my name in vain. This is way, way more than a misplaced Jesus. Name is brand. Don't take the brand of God in vain. I am putting my name on you as a branding. So live accordingly. And you'll live in freedom. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Two weeks ago, Phil 
Phil talked about how, how God has already been teaching them this before the Ten Commandments. This is nothing new to them. And he is teaching them, find freedom in work. Find freedom in my provision through your work, but find freedom and blessing in rest that I want to give you as well. Honor your father and mother. 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 <laughs> Honor your father and mother. God is teaching the children of Israel. Hey, hey, hey. You want to figure out how to live in relationship with me? Figure out how to live in relationship with, 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 with your parents first. Before I get an amen from the parents, parents, this one's for you as well. Because God is expecting us to lead our kids in the same way that he leads us. And he says, and he says, hey, hey, look, if you do this, you'll live long days in the land because life is more free than death. And what he's really saying to the kids is, hey, 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 you want to live? Honor your father and mother or they'll kill you, right? Then the next several commands are about not taking freedom and blessing away from others. Do not murder don't take the, 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 the blessing and freedom of life from somebody else. Do not commit adultery. Do not take the blessing and freedom of sex from somebody else. Do not steal. Do not take the blessing and freedom of, of possessions from somebody else. Do not bear false witness. Do not take the blessing and freedom of, 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 of the truth from somebody else. And we all know that if we take the blessing and freedom of all these things from somebody else, we're really taking the blessing of freedom from ourselves as well. We know that the times in our life when we lived in slavery, it is directly related to not living in the Ten Commandments and finding the freedom in the Ten Commandments that they offer. And then he wraps it all up. It actually really is a summary statement. Do not covet. Find the freedom from possession. Find the freedom from everything else. Do not, but, 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 do not make the Ten Commandments God. When we systemize something, but we make the system our God, what do we get? A bureaucracy, right? Ever been to DMV lately? Hospital lately? When we worship the Ten Commandments as God, we have now placed a God before God. God is not interested in getting the Ten Commandments into people who do not believe in Him. God is interested in getting Jesus into people that do not believe in Him and let the Holy Spirit lead them towards the Ten Commandments. So we as a nation... We as a church should be less interested in getting the Ten Commandments in schools and courtrooms than we are getting the Jesus into people's life. Because when we make the Ten Commandments God, we have placed a God before God. And we've placed stone in front of God. And we started worshiping stones. God gives, gives us, as his people, these commands to live in freedom and blessing in the relationship that we have with him. And it's up to every one of us to decide, do I want that direct access? 
Exodus 20, 19 says this, and they, the people of Israel, said to Moses, you speak to us and we will listen, but don't let God speak directly to us or we will die. They said, we don't want direct access to God. We're scared of it. See, this is why God wanted Moses to give them the vision first before he showed up, because when he shows up, it's going to be fearful. He made the mountain tremble. He made the mountain shake in its boots. And the people are like, whoa, no, no, you talk to him, and you then you talk to us, because if he talks directly to us, we will die, which is an illogical statement. He would have killed them in the desert if he wanted that when they started complaining. See, what they were doing was that they were living, going back and living in their life of slavery. We cannot go back to our life of slavery because when we go back to the life of slavery, we think that God is a tyrant when all he wants to do is bless us. Moses said as much. For God has come in this way to test you and so that your fear of him will keep you from sinning. When we receive direct access to God, what ends up happening is that we get such a familiarity with Him that we forget that He is the powerful God that makes mountains tremble. But that should actually bring us to an, an even greater joy about having direct access because we say, He makes mountains tremble, but we, He allows me to have direct access to Him. And then we should be amazed by that. Do you want direct access to God? If you're here this morning and you say, I've never washed my clothes. We've got people that will be around that wants to help you wash your clothes, spiritually speaking. But for those of us that that's already settled, start to work on your prayer work this week. God, show me freedom and having direct access to you. Show me freedom in having direct access to you. Show me what that looks like. Because we need to pe be a people that lives in freedom, not slavery. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day, and I just pray that you will continue to move and continue to show us the freedom that you have for us. So many of us, even, even, even though we've come to know you years ago, we don't know what it's like to live in freedom. We can even become slave to the Ten Commandments because we see them as, 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 as the way you cleanse us, but they're not. Give us the freedom that you want. Bring somebody to the freedom that you want this morning. It's your name of pride. Amen.